Our scripture passage um, that serves as the gospel for this Christ the King Sunday is from John, which if you've been paying attention a little bit to how the liturgy's been going, we've been in Mark for most of the time. But Mark is such a short book that the liturgy uh, takes pieces of John and kind of supplements the, the gospel readings in, um, in Mark. And so here as we conclude this liturgical year where we're not in Mark, we end up in John for this Christ the King Sunday. And we have this passage that is familiar to us around the time of Easter where Pilate is interrogating Jesus and asking him about the charges that have been laid before him. So in John chapter 18, starting with verse 33, we read, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Was that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Well, you are a king then, said Pilate. Well, Jesus answered, you say that I am the king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would enlighten our hearts and minds in this time. That through the power of your Holy Spirit that you could speak to us and that your word would penetrate our hearts that it would make fertile the, the ground that maybe has made fallow for a while, that it would bring new life in us and through us, that you would speak to us, Lord, that we could be your instruments, that we could be your sons and daughters effective in your kingdom. So on this Christ the King Sunday, speak to us, Lord, for we are listening. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. In John's Gospel, this, this passage, this interaction between Pilate and Jesus does not happen that long after what is recorded in John 17, a passage of scripture that is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer, where he's in the upper room and he's praying for his disciples. And in Jesus' prayer for his disciples, and for us by extension, recorded in John 17, he prays the following in verses 14 through 16. He says to his heavenly Father, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. We are not of the world any more than Jesus was of the world. 
As we think about the, the type of king that Jesus was and the implications for us as his followers, we would do well to remember this truth as, a, as kind of the foundation, as well as the instruction from Peter about living as heavenly citizens while in a fallen world. Peter writes in his book, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover of grief. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. Foreigners, exiles, not of this world. Citizens of this country, of the United States of America, in our case, encouraged to show respect to everyone and honor those who are in authority, while recognizing our true allegiance is to Christ Jesus, our King. Easy, right? No, not, not exactly. Not exactly. These are, these are areas of discipleship that often bump up against one another. But to help us dig in just a little, I want to look at four aspects of Jesus' kingship, four characteristics, and help us see if by aligning ourselves with Jesus' character as our king, that it might help us to figure out how we're to live as citizens of that kingdom, as, as emissaries in a foreign land, royal priests who have a ministry of reconciliation that we are engaged in as our birthright as God's sons and daughters. So first in this passage from John's Gospel, we see that, that Jesus is a confounding king. He is confounding. He is constantly surprising us and causing confusion in the minds of those who want to figure him out. He, he defies expectations and is one way, predictably unpredictable, at least to those who want Jesus to act like the leaders of this world. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus's response, well, it's a little, it's a little sassy, isn't it? I mean, it's a little, he's kind of throwing it back at Pilate. If this was your teenage son or daughter, you'd be like, don't talk back to me like but this is Jesus, right? And so he's, he's exerting his authority, in a sense, by the way that he answers Pilate's question with a question. There's no fear. There's no fear in this man that's been brought before the Roman governor in order that, that he could be charged with things that could lead to his death. But still, there's no fear in him. Jesus says, in a sense, well, Where'd you hear that from? Is this your own idea? You've been, you've been talking to me. 
Jesus confounds Pilate, and he confounds us. He is he isn't interested in being who you or I think he should be. We need to find out who he is and then respond to that. And frankly, it doesn't matter what what we've read or what people have have told you in terms of Jesus's kingship. We either live or don't live based on how we respond to that claim. Have you settled in your heart and mind and soul that Jesus is king? And if so, how could Jesus tell? Pilate has Jesus on trial, and how often do I put Jesus on trial day by day? In little ways, in big ways more willing to question his authority than to bow my knee and just accept his authority in humble submission and adoration. So Jesus confounds my expectations. He confounds our expectations. But may that never be a reason for us to disrespect Jesus or to question his lordship over us. So secondly, Jesus is a convicting king. So he's confounding, and now he's convicting. Jesus convicts us. Surely Peter felt convicted when Jesus told him that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed on the night of his arrest. Jesus takes no delight in making us squirm, but we squirm because we'd rather hold on to power and supposed control, that control that we think we have over our lives and recognize that we are held securely in King Jesus' grasp. He loves us, and he will not let us fall. See, Pilate was not used to people questioning him, putting him on edge. He, he didn't see what Jesus did to earn the wrath of the Jewish leaders, you know, Jesus' own people. But Jesus' manner in which he interacts with Pilate must have convicted Pilate somehow. Because Pilate takes the time to have this conversation with him in the first place. Which, in a sense, is an act of deep respect. If Pilate had no respect for Jesus, he wouldn't have even bothered this interrogation. He would have said, you want somebody put to death? Fine. I mean, Pilate was a guy that was known for crucifying people for far less. So Pilate takes his time for this conversation, but he's like so many in our world that, you know, they claim to have no regard for Jesus. But when Jesus' authority challenges their own and convicts them of their own sin and the fact that they are at enmity with God, that their, their sin puts them in conflict with God, with the Holy God, but then their lack of regard for Jesus turns to defensiveness, if not outright belligerence, because somewhere down deep, they understand that Jesus is king, and they don't like it. The claim of Jesus as our king, and our living as citizens of his kingdom, well, 
If we do so, as Jesus has said, the world will hate you. The world will hate you. Does the world hate you? Yes, they do. Yes. They don't want to hear what I Yeah, I they, they if we are if we are vocal citizens of God's kingdom, the world does not care for it. But sometimes we forget our true citizenship. Or we hide it, or we mask it because it's easier to get along. And if Satan and this world are comfortable with the way you are conducting your life, you may need to kind of check, <laughs> check where your citizenship is and kind of remind yourself, like pulling out the passport and saying, oh right, I, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. So Jesus convicts us in those times where we see we're aligning more with the citizens of this world than the citizens of this kingdom. Thirdly, Jesus is a confident king. He's confident. He doesn't grovel before Pilate. He doesn't need to. He's confident in the plan of God, the Father, and his own authority. Christ's authority doesn't rest on our recognition of his kingship. Live your life as if you want to ignore Jesus completely. Jesus is still king. Amen? Amen. Shake your fist at God and run as far away from the kingdom as possible. Jesus is still king. Live your life as a miserable saint with one foot in heaven and the other in hell, dabbling with evil while pretending on Sundays. Guess what? Jesus is still king. Bow the knee and devout your life to Jesus' service, experiencing the joy and peace that comes from confidently walking in the way of our Lord. Jesus is still king. Amen. So, Jesus' kingship, his confidence, doesn't rest in our response at all. That is confidence, friends. Jesus is who Jesus is, even if only a handful recognize his authority. Even if the path to that kingdom is narrow and few find it. Jesus is who Jesus is, and he died for the sins of the whole world because of the Father's great love for us. If you had been the only one who would have believed and had been saved from damnation as a result, Jesus would have still made that sacrifice. That is confidence. Not in some arbitrary measure of effectiveness, but in his character, in his very being. Jesus is a confident king. So we see that he's confounding. We see that he's convicting. We see that he's confident. And lastly, we see that Jesus is a coming king. Jesus is coming. Amen? Amen. Jesus is coming. That's a good thing because we're making a mess of it. came as a baby. He died and was raised our Savior. And he will return someday as a triumphant, conquering king. Jesus is coming.
Jesus tells Pilate, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came to this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The truth is that King Jesus is enthroned now in heaven and will return with all his angels and bring about the judgment and the recreation of the heavens and the earth. Eternity is the greater reality. The kingdom of our God is marching forward. Our citizenship is not of this world. That is the truth. That is the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus. Jesus is the king. Amen? Amen. What is Jesus saying to you today? Are you listening? Because he speaks the truth. And will we follow? Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your kingship that does not look like the leadership that we see exhibited in this world. It seems sometimes that those in positions of power or leadership Lord, strive to get there only so that they will have the power to, to do whatever they want, to disregard rules of morality or human decency. But Lord Jesus, you are king. You are the king that is holy and loving and just. And as your sons and daughters, in a sense, we, we are a part of that royal priesthood. We are asked to to be emissaries in this foreign land in which we live, having stepped over from darkness into light, from a way of life that leads to death, from a way of life that lives, lives on past death to eternal life. Help us to be living lives that are consistent with your kingship, your leadership in our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.